everybody. Welcome to the Heart is Muscle podcast. What are we talking about today, Joseph? Today is a very deep conversation about... What are we talking about? Love. Love will never abandon you. I tried to write my first chapter of my book and it really rocked me. And so we work through that and find some, some pretty dang deep meaning. So buckle up. Buckle up, up. Open up your heart because this one is a real good one. Open up your heart or we'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, okay. Later. Enjoy, everyone. All right. Here we go again. Welcome, Jordan James. Welcome, Joseph. Hurt Noggle. Yeah. So, we've got an interesting topic today that's kind of focused on an experience you had earlier in this fine day yeah it's about um I, well so i started writing my book today today's the first day i hired a book coach and we had an awesome meeting and then i went down to write the book and it was hard to start writing which is kind of strange because usually like when i write medium blogs and stuff like they just flow so easily i have no resistance but as soon as, because this one's like supposed to be a book or something, I don't, I'm not sure what's up with that, but it was hard to start writing. You got more weight to it? I think so, yeah. And I kind of knew how I wanted to start, but it just wasn't, it didn't flow quite as easily as my blog posts do. But maybe that's also because I started super deep. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, long story short, I started writing the book and it kind of rocked me. Like I started writing about my own story. Uh, And yeah, I was just kind of, I like made myself sick with like trauma and reliving past experiences. Like I felt, I felt really bad in my body. It's just like, Mm -hmm. oh man, it was, it was hard to come back from. So, that's kind of, this is kind of a off-the-cuff one here, because what I want to do is give you an opportunity to dig into your feels about this, this whole thing, because I'm really curious to see where, um, where this really deep bodily sensation came from when you started to relive these experiences. Um, because I think there's some real juicy nuggets in there that we can kind of yeah. find or flush out or flesh out or... Sure. So, I wanted to start my book off with something real because I wanted, I, I don't know, it just feels right. What does it mean to feel, to be, have something be real to you? Um, I, I think... So my book is about how love doesn't abandon you. Love has never abandoned you and never will. Right. And I wanted to start it off with a situation where I thought it did. Mm -hmm. Like start it off with a contrast because everybody's felt that feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a revolutionary thought that love doesn't abandon you because... It seems so often that it's the first thing to abandon you when That's things right. don't go well. That's right. That is absolutely right. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure relationships have plenty of those 
I mean, that's kind of one of those things when relationships turn sour. It feels literally like love or the person who is supposed to love you has abandoned you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So often, at least for me, I'm in relationships to prevent love from abandoning me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How about we all? Yeah. (laughs) So, um... I mean, they say when you write a book, it really puts you through what you're trying to teach other people. Um, It really tests to see how much you actually believe yourself. And Mm -hmm. so, man, I wrote, I don't know, maybe a thousand words in my first chapter, and I rocked my own self. (laughs) (laughs) And not in a really good way. (laughs) Um, So that's what I mean, but I wanted to start off with something real, like a place where people thought, like, not, it's not some, like, pie in the sky, love is never abandoning you, love and light kind of shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, love meets you in your dark places and always has and will never look away from you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of tone that I want to set because that has been my life. Because if love doesn't meet me in the dark places, then every time I am in a dark place, there's no love. Like, I'm abandoned. Right. And I think... You've said this before that the epitome of suffering is to be abandoned by love. It's the absolute worst feeling. Yeah. To be abandoned by love itself. That's Mm -hmm. the feeling we're all working so hard to try to avoid. So I guess a curious thought that pops in my head is that why do we feel like it does if you believe that it never does? That was the, the question that I asked myself today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm realizing there are parts of me that still don't believe this. Yeah. Like, uh, should I share with them the stories that I started yeah, sure. with? Okay. So that way they can have a sense of it. Um, or maybe I should read it. Read the two little sections that I wrote. Yeah, you can do that too if you want. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. We can cut out the... We cut nothing from this. We cut <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we never have. So. I don't know if it's that good writing because I just closed my laptop after a little while, but that's okay. Everyone's getting a sneak peek preview of the next blockbuster Pulitzer Prize winning New York best top seller. Everyone has to have book. Jordan James. We... Love. Get ready. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but this doesn't, like, have a happy ending yet. That's fine. This it's is... just the beginning. Okay. So, uh, alright, this is how I started. These are the, the two main stories. I said, I'm five years old and I'm trying to fall asleep, but my mind is itchy and my body isn't right. Cade, I whispered to my brother, are you awake? I want to ask again when he doesn't answer, but his silence makes my heart hurt worse, so I pull the covers over my head and cry. My dad told me not to, but I am so confused and my body hurts. It feels like darkness is trapped inside of me and nobody cares. I hear them laughing outside the door again and I feel the darkness throb inside of me. The darkness came when my dad locked us in here after the pretty girls came over. I tried crying first because when I cry, my parents come to help. But my dad did not come to help. He came to be angry. He told me to be quiet and locked the door again. Why doesn't he love me as much as he loves those pretty girls? 
What is happening to my body? What is wrong with me? Maybe if I stay quiet, he will love me again tomorrow. Now I'm 25 and I'm buying a round of drinks at a strip club. This is what cool girls do, right? They go to strip clubs with their husband and his friends and buy everyone drinks. My husband and I have come a long way since he lied to me about going to strip clubs. Now at least he takes me with him, but I can tell he doesn't really want me here. He says it's not the same. But as long as I stay cool and pretend like I'm having the time of my life, I think it won't be so bad. I set the drinks down and quickly decide I'm going to sit by the stage. I've never done that before and I think that's what cool girls do. My body is full of adrenaline and I tell myself I am enjoying this, but I can't help but cringe when I watch the creepy men in here for too long. And one of the girls dancing seems so faded out of her mind I'm surprised she can stand up. And there is just still that hollow feeling in my belly. But don't think about those things, Jordan. You should be glad to be here instead of home alone. Keep your cool or he'll, or he'll start lying to you again. If we pull this off, surely he'll love us tomorrow. How do I tell a little five-year-old girl crying in the dark in her room? Her father locked her in so he could try and get laid that love has not abandoned her. How do I tell a 25-year-old woman who has been cheated on and lied to in most of her relationships that love has not abandoned her even as she abandons herself in her best attempt to save her marriage? And how do I tell my 26-year-old self who finally comes to learn that she has indeed been cheated on multiple times throughout her marriage? How do I tell her that love has not abandoned her? And how about my 15-year-old self who carved deep into her thigh after her father told her that her cutting wasn't deep enough to warrant her a real cutter? How about my 12-year-old self whose dad kicked her out of the house in the middle of December saying he doesn't give a shit whether she comes back or not? How do I tell her that love has never abandoned her? How did I ever come to believe in my bones that love has never abandoned me and never will? And that's kind of when I stopped and then I tried to write a little bit more. Wow. Yeah. It's a great start. Yeah. It just <laughs> it just shook me. It rocked me. <laughs> I almost if that don't shake you, then you must have uh, figured out the perfect life because I, I mean, obviously I don't have those same experiences, but those same feelings of kind of hopeless wonder yeah. and like just cheapness, the yeah. cheapness of life, I think, I mean, I felt it. Yeah. Yeah, the cheapness is a place I go to when I've lost hope that love is with me. Mm-hmm. Like, cheapness is where I, it's like all that's left if love has abandoned you. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's a great start, I bet. <sighs> <laughs> Thanks, but I don't really know where to go from there because some of my parts were like, yeah, how do we tell these parts of ourselves that love has never abandoned us? And we're supposed to do this for other people's story that have been through way worse shit than we have? And also, even, like, how do I tell myself now that love has never abandoned me when sometimes I cringe uh, because I'm insecure about my boobs or my body? Like, how do I tell myself even now that love hasn't abandoned me when I'm still afraid of you sometimes? Yeah. Like, I'm not, can I write this book? That's what I feel like. Because it's like, I'm still doing this work. 
I still, some parts of me don't even believe myself, but some parts of me firmly believe it. And also, I don't know if it's like really dependent on me believing it to be true or not. I think, I mean, I believe it. There you go. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph said though. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's step back with all the things that you just said because there are so many good questions to like take a take a walk with. Um, I think the one that my parts are most curious of that a lot of them are asking like, ooh, let's talk about this is, do you need to be something to write this book? Whatever that something is, do you need to be like healed? And a lot of my parts are saying no, because healing means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. um, and who knows, maybe this is part of healing. I think it is. Like this book is what? Oh, what did my coach say? He's like, because um, after your book is written and sent out, it's not yours anymore. Right. Like it's somebody else's. It's everybody else's who has it. But he's right. like, what will always belong to you is what changes in you as you write it. Yeah. And you've so, already felt yeah. that. Yeah, I'm already in it. I'm in it so deep. Yeah. <laughs> already, I've only written like I don't know a few words. I'm afraid you can't stop. I, <laughs> I, I'm channeling the universe right now. Wait for it. And the universe is telling me, uh, you can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm, I, this is why I hired a coach because if I sat down to do this, like I wouldn't have even gotten this far. I don't think really. Yeah. Because I've thought to my head, they're like, I can't do this. This is too much. I need to heal more or like I need to write a different book. Mm-hmm. Because What's, of the pain, like, ugh, I, like, traumatize myself revisiting these stories because it's so visceral and real. Yeah, tell me more about, about re-traumatizing yourself. Well, these are just dark places inside of me. Mm-hmm. And... They're places that still impact me. Like, like I, I was thinking, oh my God, the, you know, is this the arc of my story where I am the one abandoned and alone while the man that I super want love from is, is in another room with pretty girls? And then in the second story... I have worked my ass off, abandoned my own self so I can be in the room with the pretty girls with him. And now, after my divorce, what if what if like all that I'm doing now is is trying to become one of those pretty girls and that will save me. Oh wow. And I was like, "Oh my god, I still haven't figured this shit out. Like I still haven't transcended it." I still, like, parts of me still believe if I can become one of those pretty girls, then I won't be abandoned. Yeah. And as I become one of those girls, as I get as skinny as I've always hoped that I would be, mm -hmm. I feel safer. But that's not be... I don't know. So there's, like, a, a real duality in me, even as I write this, because that's not, that's not only me. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not... Like, a big part of it is... 
I am being the main character in my life and that feels fucking awesome. And I'm like grounding myself and accepting my body how it is. Um, And the reason why I can create this body is because I first accepted myself. So it's like I am doing a lot of inner work too, but I, I was just like, is this my shadow that... Like, now I think, oh, if I can become one of those pretty girls, then I'll be safe. Then love will never abandon me. Yeah, how fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think? Um, I mean, part of it must be true, otherwise it wouldn't have affected me so much. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't think that means that I should stop going to the gym because also I love going to the gym and it's like super, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And also I'm taking pole dancing classes. Like, am I trying to become the women that men like so that way I won't be abandoned? I don't think you are. I mean, I don't think your intentions are to like garner the attention of every passing like male person no but I only need I only want your attention yeah and it's yours to take yeah but I I think the thing is like this is where my codependency comes in is or I just I feel unworthier Mm mm-hmm like, like, I think that's, like, like to the extent to which I, th- I believe I need to be the pretty girl in order to be safe from abandonment is the extent to which I don't believe that love will never abandon me. So, let's see. Say that again. The extent, Do a David White for us. Yeah. The extent to which I need to be that pretty girl in order to feel safe. Mm-hmm from love abandoning me is the extent to which I be- I don't believe that love will never abandon me. Well, that puts you in kind of a tough situation because what if you genuinely, genuinely enjoy doing things that make you the pretty girl? Like, which I do. I love why, why can you not do that? And, um, forego this abandoning of self because mm-hmm. I mean I I think when you find real joy in, in doing these things then I've experienced you like enjoying doing all these things going to the gym and all this kind of stuff um, and more importantly like finding joy within yourself, finding worth within yourself. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like you're still trying to, you know, fit some role or like make some mask fit under your face or your body or whatever. Um, so there's parts of me that are like, well we see what your point is, but you're also not being fair to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right because if that is part of it, that's not the majority of it because I have healed into a person that, 
I don't know, like, I've experienced my inherent worth just because of how I look. Or, like, just because, not even because of how I look. Like, regardless of how I look. I've experienced that all along this journey. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, I don't know, it's like, that's the home inside of me. I'm getting these glimpses of, like, truth. And, like, when I come from that place, that's when I know love hasn't abandoned me. So... Tell me about what does it mean that love will never abandon you? Like, open that book a little bit wider for us so we can see the light pop out. Yeah, and I think I need to do this for myself, too, because, shit, like, what do I mean by that? I mean that... Well... There's, like, two things that I think in my mind. Love itself is, like, out there, like, the energy of love, God, or the universe, the energy of goodness, does not abandon anybody. It never looks away from us. There's nothing or nobody too wicked for love to look away from. Which means, like, that that's your worth. Like, love sees inherent worth in everybody. Yeah. Um, and like love cannot promise to always show up in the form that you want but it's always there whether it's um, somebody or the trees or like where if you want to look for love in something you will find it I think that's what I mean mm-hmm. like I just, this is like kind of the mystic in me, but love is like lurking in every molecule, kind of. <laughs> lurking, huh? <laughs> it kind of is. Like, even to the me in the, in the strip club, like, even though I was not looking for it, even though I was doing my hardest to abandon my own self, like, love was there holding me, like, watching me, loving me, um, honoring my process eager for me to like learn you know like so that's what I mean but I also mean I think there's something about I am love Mm -hmm. I am love so and you are love like deep down like our essence is love and even though we try to abandon our essence like it never dies right it haunts us it follows us around so love is always with us Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's when I hear you talk about this concept that love will never abandon you, it's to me reflective of how the universe or this universal energy that connects us, very similar to what you said, is always there to connect us to either back to ourselves or to others or to nature or to who knows what, your dog. Mm-hmm. And so, relying on that and having faith in that and like surrendering to that allows you the space to always find love. Because I know that there's been times in my life where I have put myself forward because I wanted to find my own self-worth 
And when you find it, you feel really empowered. Yeah, it's an awesome feeling. Right. Awesome feeling. And, I mean, there were also times when I felt like, oh, this is, this is what love is, and this is the extent of it, because nobody will ever love me more than I love myself. Not in the, like, catty, like, oh, Jesus, like, I'm the best. <laughs> but, like, I truly believe in myself. Right. And I put stock in myself. And I know that I can rely on myself. That's true. And, like, it's, for me, there was a long period in my time, or a long period of time, where I was like, yeah, this is it. I will be single for the rest of my life because this is the epitome of love. And everything else that I've run into is just either some like bastard version of this one so that people can manipulate me to try and meet you know their own unmet needs because they don't love themselves or you know I'm just doing the same thing to have fun and then guess what guess <laughs> what happened I met you mm -hmm. and you showed me that there is a possibility for people to share this kind of same connection as far as that I believe in you and you believe in me because you also believe in yourself and we can share this energy of you know what we know is love yeah I like I agree with you that I, I don't think, I think self-love is the, like, I don't know, full expression of love because only you know your own story. Mm -hmm. Only you have seen yourself when nobody else has seen you. Like, only you have felt the pain in your body. Like, only you has seen yourself abandon yourself. Like, only you have really seen how hard you've tried to love and be loved by mm -hmm. other people. Only you have seen your whole story. And if you can love yourself in that and choose to be yourself, like, there is no greater love. Yeah, so when, in a relationship, when I feel love towards you, it's this, like, expansion of that energy mm -hmm. of, like, I feel the connection within you and the, the pleasure to be around you and to know you and to learn from you and the curiosity to continue to like follow you and expand who we are together. And I mean, the, the journey that you take as an individual to find your own self-worth is the path to love and being able to share that journey with another person is I don't know kind of a how would you want to say uh, a capsule for a loving relationship yeah I agree yeah yeah that's kind of cool like everybody's on their own hero's journey back to love right and relationships are supposed to help you do that. Yeah. I mean, I want to be your Frodo to my Samwise. Mm -hmm. Aww. 
you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he, like here's the flip side because sometimes I like most of the time, especially now, I do feel that way about you. It's like this expansive, like, oh, I can't believe it's this good. Like, this is so fun. Like, oh, he's just, like, so human, and I love him for it. But also, he's this God that's, like, I'm so enamored with, and it's, like, so... It's such an honor to be with you. It's, like, there's, like, both both sides. I see your humanity and your God, and I accept it all. Like, it's so fun to be with you mm-hmm. but then sometimes if I'm seeing through the lens of these this these stories that I told you like my favorite abandonment I don't feel that way I look at you and I'm afraid like being in a relationship is actually a hindrance to my own self-love because I have parts that are like if we don't perform this way he's mm-hmm. gonna abandon us like love will abandon us yeah I mean when those parts come forward that's when it's time to listen because this is kind of the power of the of of IFS is that you know when you say that you fear me I know that that's not true yeah a good point because I know that there are uh, exiles within you and the protectors that go along that yeah they're the one that hold on to and harbor the fear to make sure that still this part of you that exists that you know what for who cares whether it's healed or it's not healed it's a part of you yeah it's a part of your beautiful being mm-hmm. your beautiful mind your spirit your brain your essence your energy whatever mm-hmm. it's a part of you and it belongs and it's welcome mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's really powerful when you can embrace your partner's, air quotes, negative emotions. Yeah. As not something to, like, be feared and to, to shy away from, but for something that you can just embrace and, and give space for. That's when, you know, it's easy to slip into your own self and find that just compassionate curiosity to say tell me what you're afraid of Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for saying that because that's actually something that I've been learned that I've learned a little bit today too from reading comments of the article that I wrote oh yeah Uh, long story short there's a lot of dudes commenting on this really vulnerable article that I wrote about when Joseph and I had to talk about watching porn and um, they say shit like, uh, like calling me oversensitive, like you should be lucky, like I can't believe he's with you, kind of like saying like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't really, I wrote it back in March, but so I don't really, I, I'm not going to go through and reread it right now. So I don't know exactly what I said, but. It's like, oh man, it triggers me so bad. Because, and there's women on there too, like, oh, you're going to look back on this and laugh. Like, this is kind of pathetic that you're so worried about this. And it may, like, some of my parts are, like, shitting on me for being so sensitive or being so, quote unquote, damaged. But what I yeah. realize, I'm like, it's, it's this damage. Like, it's the way I hold the conversation around this. 
It's because I am the way that I am that this podcast is interesting, that the article was interesting. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the irony of this thing. It's yeah. like, you know, this is one of the first articles that's really kind of... Gone viral. Gone viral for yeah. you in, in its own sense. And so all of these people... I mean, I find these, I find these, these comments hysterically ironic because they're living within the framework of you're allowed, you know, a, a thimbleful of emotions as a woman, uh, and if you stray outside of that thimbleful, then you're needy or uh, hypersensitive yeah, or yeah. a twat or totally. you know some this is a fat, big fat nuisance. Ball yeah, and or chain. you're yeah, you're a ball and chain where it's just like obviously you know if you can break outside of that framework and just have an open heart to vulnerability mm-hmm. none of this seems that extreme this that's the kind of the funny thing is all these people's comments are like how extreme you are and it's like what the fuck are you talking about this is not extreme at all this is very human <laughs> yeah. oh <my laughs> and it's God. like and, you know riddle me this who has not had this conversation in a relationship and then I add that, who's had this conversation successfully in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Not all these people, because they approach this with this negativity towards vulnerability. And I'm sure it turned out just fine for them, as I roll my eyes. Mm-hmm. Versus us, you know, allowing our vulnerable selves to come forward and speak truth to each other. And here we are, happy and I don't know, move past it. Mm-hmm. Or like come to terms with it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think it's it's ironic. Yeah. So anyway, that's just that's kind of taught me. Yeah. I'm also just like, yeah, you're saying all this shit, but you're also giving me all this money by reading the yeah, articles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, thanks, dude. Um, but I'll, like, it kind of that's I guess that's something to keep in mind about this book is like if I'm trying to be an expert, if I'm trying to come across like I've fully embodied this and I'm gonna impart this like special wisdom onto you, I can't write that book. I'll never I'll like I'll never be able to write that book. But if I if I like can make space for my own process. Mm-hmm. And my own becoming. Mm-hmm. And if I can be honest about the parts of me that think this is bullshit and the parts of me that have been radically healed and changed by this concept, because the reader is going to have both. So, like, if I can weave my own process into this, that's an honest, vulnerable, true thing that I can write. Yeah. If I can stay an apprentice to my own teaching. Yeah, I mean, the people that want to read that are the people who will be the most positively affected by it. And everyone else who reads it and doesn't find something from it, that's kind of their their choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of, I mean, even just this first little blurb, it reminds me of a lot of the literature that, you know, we've read from people who are, have this radical honesty. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I've also gained from all those things is that, yeah, when they were in the middle of their experience, 
of going through their healing or growth or whatever is they didn't know what they were doing mm-hmm. or they didn't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. They were trying to heal or trying to like move forward. And that, like you said, that process is where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so a big thing that I've learned, like a, a huge chunk of what I've learned about this idea of love never abandons us is that's only a truth that we can experience in this moment. Mm-hmm. Like love is always present tense. Just like trust is always present tense. And so like oh, anytime wow. we forget, like we all we have to do is check right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like I can go back in the past. I mean, I can with my exiles, but that's a whole IFS self kind of thing. Cause right. self is love going back in the past and taking our exiles to the present moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like love, love isn't in the, in like the past because the past doesn't exist anymore. It's also not in the futures that we imagine. Like love is right now. Mm-hmm. And we have to trust that it will never abandon us. Like that's what it took for me for a while was trusting it. And then here it is showing up all over the place. Yeah, I mean, like you kind of hit on it. It's its own self-fulfilling prophecy. If you trust that love will be there for you, then love shows up for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you experience what you look for. But, so here's what my parts are, are saying to me, though, is like, we have been in places, dark, dark places, where we could not look for love. Like, if our experience of love is dependent on us looking for it, I don't, like, I don't know how to speak about that. Because it seems like that's too small. Like, it seems like love is even bigger than our choices to experience it or not. Like, mm-hmm. love is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even I mean, if we don't look for it. The thing that comes to my mind is, you know, you ask the question, how does this little girl, like, how can I tell this little girl that love will be there? Well, if you were able to go back in, literal back in time, you would share the experience with this girl and be that conduit for it. Because mm-hmm. this little girl doesn't have this understanding. Mm-hmm. So many people don't. I mean, we're barely just breaking through this change in our thoughts as it is. Right. To, you know, find these these new constructs that we, we focus on. Right. So, just the fact that, like, you know, when you're not aware of something doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. That's true. And it makes me and gives me hope that like for future generations that listen to, you know, the things that we see as radical of self love and relying on love to always be there, that that's their fundamentals of how they approach their their spirit, their emotions. Mm-hmm. So that when shitty things happen, because shitty things do happen. That's part of the unexpected part of life is that good, good and bad happens. 
that they can have the the wisdom and the understanding to find strength within themselves in the form of love, self-compassion, self-worth, all these things. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's actually a big thing because I like I parts of me are imagining people saying all their shitty stories, everything that happened and asking, you know, where was love then? Where the fuck was love then? Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, like, where is love right now? Mm-hmm. Is love here now? Okay. Um, and also, it's it's like, when we, we can, like, that little girl doesn't exist anymore. She exists in my psyche, stuck in the past. So when I go to her, I can go to her as my essence as love that's where love is yeah 100% and the more that I do that the more that I connect like my essence of love to these parts of me that are stuck in the past the more in my present when I'm even even writing this book when I was like crippled with I don't know trauma and like that dark feeling the hollow that ooh even like then I it was shitty and painful but love was there because I know how to look for it now and I trust that it's there Mm -hmm. and I can listen to it so it's easier for me to see that love is there but only because I've had experience feeling my feelings and love was there at the bottom of them every fucking time yeah that's the like the levity that brings us off of rock bottom that's the like magic of hitting rock bottom is that when you get to that final thing where you're just like nothing can get any worse then there's this this aura that is just like yeah you see me now that's right and now we can go now we can continue Right, yeah, because, it's like, oh, I've unraveled all of your illusions. Right. Or you've unraveled them yourself. Right. Because they just unravel themselves. And what are you left with? Love. If you're brave enough, I think, to open yourself up to it. Because there's a lot of people that commit suicide because yeah. they believe that love has abandoned them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's an interesting thing because the parts of us, I have one of these parts that always does offer of like, when you do hit those really dark places, like, yeah, I have a way out. Me too. And it is a permanent way out. So you don't have to feel this. Yeah. And I think it's part of the tragedy of, you know, how many people do commit suicide is that they don't have any other parts of them that can speak up to say no like come this way mm-hmm. come back let's feel it all the way through let's feel it all the way through because that part when I mean, we're getting a, lot, a little bit off the rails but I think this is important when you know that part for me which I call the ferryman mm-hmm. the one who will take me away into the shadow when he speaks to me there's other parts that are just like no, we want you to come back with us. And even the ferryman himself is just like, I'll always be here, but I'm not the right way. Mm. 
this is not the way that you need to go, mm-hmm. but I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the tragedy that I think so many people, they don't have any alternative where it's just like, their ferryman comes and says, yes, here's, here's the solution. And they don't have anybody else that echoes to say, no, here's a different solution. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, maybe it is that loving energy that speaks up in the darkness that says, no, come back. Mm-hmm. It's better to be alive. Mm-hmm. <sighs> because it is sad. And it's a deep, dark place when it's you're a like, deep, dark place. I'm in so much pain, I would rather not exist. I would rather die than feel this pain. Right. Yeah, and at least when I've been there to, in those places, the, the most painful thing that I feel is loneliness. Yeah. I would rather die than feel this lonely. Right. And, and it's, it sucks even worse when... You have people around you that, you know, you shouldn't be feeling lonely, but even you still do. Mm-hmm. It's like, then that's like another layer of hopelessness. But it's, be, it's, at least for me, it was because I wasn't actually fully feeling my feelings. I was, tr- I was still trying to avoid feeling my feelings. If I would have just felt it all, like, there, that's where love is. Mm-hmm. Like love is at the shack inside of us. Mm-hmm. But if we're like trying our best to avoid, you know, the the pain in us, like yeah, that's when we don't hear love because our the voices that are trying to avoid it, avoid what's real, are too loud. I know. I mean, that's kind of the a part of love is to allow yourself to feel. Because there's so many of those people who are just like, yeah, like, I have nothing in my life, nobody cares about me, and I just want to die. And I want to just go to those people and say, I hear you. Be with me and feel that. Because I know if we feel where we are with that, we can keep moving forward. Yeah. And stop getting stuck. Right. I mean, I don't know, this is a heavy subject, but... This is why I think it is important to talk about this because, I mean, we're dealing with something not as serious as suicide with you writing your book, but yeah, it's but, still but the I same want to journey. This topic. It's still the same journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we're kind of boiling it down to feeling your feelings, but that's our, our usual MO. That's our but. usual, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, one of the key benefits that I think allowing yourself the freedom within to feel your feelings is that it does bring you back to self. And that energy that we're kind of referring to is love. Because self energy is love energy. It is love, yeah. Yeah, like we are love. Yeah, because it's kind of interesting when... I've been helping or being a, you know, I don't know, a a bastion of hope for you when you've had hard conversations with yourself or with me, and I've been in self, 
I feel that loving energy where it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I don't care really exactly what you're angry about or what you're sad about or what you're disturbed about or stressed or whatever. I want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And there's just that kind of flow of, of love energy, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And I, and I find that like, it's not that far away, actually. Like, we can tap into it way more often than we think. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what we were born feeling. And trauma... I think trauma puts, like, all of the... All of this, like, darkness and smoke and, like, illusion in between us and love. Mm-hmm. And so, for those of us who have been through trauma... Like, we're on a journey to find our way back to love. Yeah. Yeah, that that was me. Because, actually, like, when I feel like... When I've lost hope that love is here... Or that I'm worthy of it... That's when I start performing. That's when I... That's when my parts, like, take over. So, it's like... It takes trust to transition from like survival mode of having to earn love to trusting that I'm worthy of love just as I am. And that no matter what happens, if you leave me, if you cheat on me, if I die, if you die, love will be there with me in that. Because it, it, we watched it in that movie, but that guy said, it's not that you were feeling the pain, it's that nobody was there to hold you mm-hmm. as you felt it. And that's what I mean by love will never abandon you. Love is always there to hold you as you feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a clear distinction of feeling painful emotions is not a sign of love's abandonment. Right. It's an opportunity to allow love to come to you. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's no different that, you know, when you feel joy, it seems easy to, like, let love in. You know, when we're so joyful with each other because we've just had fun or we're doing something we really enjoy, it just seems like love is just flooding towards me where you're just like, oh, I'm so happy, I love mm-hmm. you, I'm so love you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's no reason you can't have the same experience in sadness or in anger. That's so right. I mean, it's one of the things, you know, kind of a download for me that's coming on is that part of the root of compassion is finding love in what we call negative emotions. When I'm so, have so little patience with some person because of X, Y, and Z, but I still have the clarity to see them as a person, mm-hmm. not as a problem, and to give them compassion even when, you know, I have parts screaming at me, you know, fuck this, <laughs> fuck this person, <laughs> and they're bullshit. When self-energy comes forward and it's like, no, listen, Mm -hmm. be here, Mm -hmm. in the moment. I mean, you don't realize it, but I think that's just as powerful of love as it is 
when you're with your best friend having a great time. Right. Yeah. Wow, it's so powerful. So powerful. Powerful, strong. Powerful. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we're all, like, I used to say all we're ever looking for is ourselves. And I still believe that. But I think all we're ever looking for is the love inside of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... It seems like kind of the the same way of saying it. Yeah. And, and trauma separates us from the love inside of us and we're all on this journey back but so many of us don't know what we're even looking for we're looking for love in all the wrong places wow it's so cliche but it has a whole other meaning right now yeah and so i think that's what i want this book to be is a lighthouse back to love there you go saying love has never abandoned you it's still here it's it's available whenever right has never looked away from you it's, you've yeah. never had to earn it. It's a free app. It's a free app. <laughs> I mean, it comes hardwired into your fucking system. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that feels pretty good. Yeah. So, where does this leave you now for your book? Well, this has helped me tumble around like what this actually means. And I think just like realizing that it's a present moment experience. Yeah, I think that's really cool. That I actually look forward to that. Yeah, um, because it's like I can't go back and tell those selves. I can, but first I have to experience love here. Yeah, and the act of you going backwards is actually not you going into the past, but it's you bringing them to the present. Yeah, it can be. But if I go back and I see through their eyes, like, what do they say in the shack? It's like, um, when you're seeing through the knothole of your pain, it's hard to see anything else. Or you lose sight of me. I think that's what Papa said. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Like, if I'm seeing through the eyes of my exile, who's confused and young and, like, feels abandoned, mm-hmm. like, she didn't, she didn't know what to look for. She had no idea. Right. But if I go back to that part of myself as myself with my essence I can be that adult I can feel I can let her know she doesn't have to feel as alone anymore right. I can hold her as she feels what she feels that's where love is in that moment yeah it's me it's my fourth dimensional self yeah I mean it to me what it sounds what it says is like the answer is not the literal answer the answer is the experience yes it's the answer is you opening yourself up to love right now in this moment mm-hmm. oh yes yeah and and that's what i'm gonna have to do over and over again yeah. like what's that thing about the teacher versus the teaching like teachers know that that the teaching is in the experience yeah of it and so like actually don't become a teacher become a teaching Mm-hmm. Like embody a teaching because that's yeah. how you actually teach people is by experiencing it yourself. Yeah. So. All right. Guess I'm already doing that. You're already deep in it. Yeah. All right. I have to go pee really bad. All right. Well, let's call it then. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. It's been a real, a real deep one. Yeah. I, I feel real good about it. I do too. Aw, thanks for being you, Jordan. Uh, I love you. Okay, love you guys. Bye. All right, bye, everybody.
Thanks for listening to the Hard as a Muscle podcast. If you'd like more information about what we talked about, or if you'd like to know more about the talented Jordan James, you can find her work at... You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my handle is at JustJordanJames. My name Jordan is spelled with an I-N, so it's J-O-R-D-I-N. So uh, Twitter and Instagram, at JustJordanJames. You can also find me on my website, which is JordanJames.com. I also write on Medium quite a bit. So my profile on Medium is at Jordan James. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time.